0: On to the second slide, setting the scene, stories to reflect on, and um, an opportunity, hmm, a great payday, earliest experiences, and Jesus's priorities in the early church. It's basically where we're going to drift along today. Um, I uh, heard that Mike wasn't very well and in that rash moment, said, I'll preach for you if you like. And he didn't improve. <laughs> so, my holiday. Catching up with three grandchildren, one that we hadn't managed to cuddle until a few days ago, uh, and we'd been staying out at uh, Innes and enjoying that opportunity. So, Mike presented me with an opportunity to come and to speak. And this may be two things in one, my first and my last. Hmm. So there's a way in which I sort of said to God, what am I to talk about? What do you want me? First thing I said to Mike was, you can carry on with Ecclesiastes. I'm sure you've put the hard work in, and I haven't. I haven't studied it with the idea of preaching from it for quite a while but this is an opportunity to share. Many years ago, when I was a teenager in a church called St Andrews at Waiuku, um, South Auckland, I gave my life to Christ on a Sunday evening. And so I have a, a, a place of affection for St Andrews. And Mike came to St. Andrew's here. Mm. Uh, I pray for you every day. Did you know that? Mm. So you're there in a list. It grows and grows and grows over the years. And it goes all around the world. But I pray for you. I don't expect you to pray for me because you hardly know who I am. But in St. Andrew's Church on a Sunday evening, when I had had a a shocking experience with evil, um, I was looking for God because at least that's what my parents had taught me. He was the good guy. And uh, so I went looking for him. And there were seven of us in church there was the minister and the organist, and five in the congregation. And I was sitting over about the third row from the back over on that side. And during that service, God spoke to me through one of Wesley's hymns. And can it be that I should gain an interest in? And the minister said, we will sing verses 1, 3, and 5. Now you probably, those of you with a little bit of age, will know exactly why he said 1, 3, and 5. I sat there with very little knowledge, trying to work out what on earth was wrong with verses 2 and Mm. 4. Just the number of verses was too much for a congregation of that size. I wasn't singing, and and God spoke to me through those two verses. So that's why I'm here today. Uh, A great payday. Well, the great payday was that I gave my life to Christ. And you've been singing hymns that have really spoken to me today. But I want to go back to my earliest experience. I was born in Birmingham in England, way back in 1947. So you can do the maths end of the year, so I'm not quite there yet. But for those of you who know, I will have to do a driver's test before I get my licence back at the end of the year, before Christmas. Okay, but my earliest experiences that my mother shared with me was when I was about three years old, I had a little performance that I did. We would go and walk down the road um, to visit my grandparents her parents and, uh, in the pram and my little wee sister there with me and uh, off we would go. But before we left, I would take all the coats and hang them on the backs of the dining room chairs if we didn't need them. We could go to my grandparents and come back. Sorry, that's, that's my plumbing buzzing at me. I've got an insulin pump on and it will be telling my wife that I'm, I'm okay. It'll be a lot louder if suddenly my sugar levels drop dramatically. Um, and I had this thing where I put these, the coats on there and if mum saw me put the coats on there we would leave them at home and walk the mile or so down the road to my grandparents and come back and we'd be dry even in the middle of winter. And my mother said that over the next two and a bit years, I never got it wrong. Now, how does a three- to five-year-old know what the weather forecast is? Because I can tell you the forecasters don't frequently. Mm, They still haven't got it worked out, and they've got satellites and all sorts of things. There's only one person in the world knew what the weather was going to be in Birmingham. When we left home, but more importantly, when we came back. If I didn't put the the coats out, we took the coats. We wore them. We'd need them. Hmm. Have you ever thought that that lovely bunch of about 15 young people that walked out, they can hear God's voice? I didn't know how I knew. I've since worked it out. It had to be God who told me, way back then. And I thought I gave my life to Christ when I was about 16. And he was talking to me when I was only about two and a half or three. Hmm. And it's only a few years ago that I worked out that I must have heard from God. I wonder what stories you've got of God speaking to you. These are things you are given as a talent to share. To share with other people. Most people are not going to read the Bible. They're going to read you instead. Mm, Think about that. Think about what God has done in your life. Remember it. Say thank you for it. But also be prepared to share it. To give it away in a way. Uh, One thing about love, the more you give it away, the more you've got. Those people used their talents. Five became ten. I suspect they were going to be in a position where 10 talents seemed small from then on. We've got a very generous God, haven't we? Jesus' priorities and the early church. And we're going to look at those now as we go on to the next slide. My buttons have all disappeared. Then John gave this testimony. We're going to look at a few verses in John and then largely in the book of Acts. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Who was that, John? Wasn't me. Who's the John that the Bible's talking about here? John the Baptist, yes. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on Jesus. And I myself did not know him. Now, these two are relatives, aren't they? But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, do you listen to God? Do you expect him to talk to you? I discovered he did it when I was two and a half. Periodically, I hear him speak now. This morning, I heard him speak through some hymns that we sang. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify. We are meant to experience God and talk about it. Oh, I'm still okay. It's every six minutes it does that. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. We are to testify, I know God's chosen one. He's my Saviour. And on to the next slide, which. Acts chapter 1. Just at Christmas time, my wife gave me a Christmas present. It was a brand new Bible because the spine on the back of my Bible had all come off and it was about to disintegrate on me. It's lasted about 40 years of preaching and it's giving up. So I got a brand new one. The only problem with it is all the pages are stuck together. And trying to get anywhere, it looks like I can't find my place. It's terrible. So I thought I'll have to go through there and open them all up. Now, God didn't say that, He said, read it. So I've got two more days and I will have finished the New Testament. I'm not in a hurry, but I'm getting there. And then the last few ver- verses of Acts I will finish with. I'm finishing that by starting with the book of Romans. And finishing with Luke and Acts as the last part. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, that is Jesus, this is after his resurrection, he gave them this command. Okay, he's eating with them, he's about to return to heaven. You know, the most amazing thing that has ever happened in the world that breaks every rule and regulation that anyone can think of is the resurrection. Jesus was killed. He was dead, buried, and he's now alive with some amazing powers that he didn't show before. And here he is with his disciples and he's eating with them and he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That was for all of them. John baptized with water, but you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Stay here. This is the one thing that he really wanted to get through to them. So we'll move on to the next slide. Next slide. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now Jesus says, This is the important thing. Stay here until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And they say, Are you going to become the new king? The new ruler? Are you going to kick the Romans out? Missed the point, haven't they? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but, but is an important word, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, he was talking in Israel do you know which city in the world is furthest away from Jerusalem? Christchurch, yes. Yeah. So there we are. No one knew New Zealand existed in those days. Not even the Maoris had found it. But God knew to the ends of the earth. Here. Hmm. He is reminding them of his priority. What he wants them to focus on. And we have to be equally careful that we don't get sidetracked. And remember what God is saying to us and what he wants us to do. If we move on, To Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. You know this, don't you? Pentecost? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Hey, he got the message through to them. They had to stay there. And now it's happening. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The priority that God had for them stay here until you are enabled. If there are any of you here who have never experienced the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit, I would say don't go home and have lunch until you have. Stay here. Make the elders of the parish work for their living. Use the gifts and talents that the church has recognised in them by appointing them. Their job is to pastorally care for you, to lay hands on you so that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, so that you too can talk in tongues, so that you too can hear God speaking to you, so that you too can get so excited that you're no longer walking on the carpet, you're walking on the air. Yeah. All of them. Not just the apostles. There was 120 of them. There aren't quite that many of us here. But all. That was what God knew the church needed to be effective. It's what we need today to be effective. To be effective at using our talents to reach out to the community around us and bring them the good news. God loves them. If we go on to Acts chapter 2, 17 to 21, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. This is a Peter explaining to the people in Jerusalem what has happened on the day of Pentecost and he's quoting the Old Testament to them so that they know this is not just some fantasy from their own thinking. This is something God talked about many, many years, hundreds of years before, when he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. That includes the residents of waipukerau I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Okay. Some of you have got old sons and daughters like Maureen and I have. Some of you have got young sons and daughters. It doesn't say over a certain age or under a certain age, does it? On all people, your sons and daughters. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Well, How many of you that are about 70 or above, like me, have dreamed dreams? And have you told anyone? Mm. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. How many will prophesy? How many? Who? Everyone. Have you ever prophesied? Oh, scary, isn't it? Hmm. We need to know when God is speaking to us so that we know we're speaking his word to each other. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, everyone who calls upon the name, we need to stir up our community so that they know that they can call out. Over and over again through the Bible, right through to the book of Revelation and right at the end of it there is this same message that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Yes, there's a man in the front row here knows it. Yeah. you. You've got to hmm? Yeah. Oh yes, you, yeah. You've got to tell people about it. Mm. When the signs in the atmosphere, start to align with this prophecy, the people that you've told will know to get on their knees and say sorry, forgive me, save me to Jesus. But if we don't tell them, they're going to be bewildered and not know what to do. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When the people heard this, as it says in Acts 2, verse 37, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And again, that message is there. Peter replied, Repent and be baptised. Repent. What does that mean? You heard earlier on there's a baptismal service being organised, so that part can be taken care of. But the Mm. Mm. repent—you know—we we actually have to turn around and want to do what is right rather than what is wrong. That's not easy. but we need to repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and there's the clue, we have to say, sorry for the things I've done. Do you realize that every sin that every person has ever done, anywhere in the world, ever, has been forgiven? The blood Christ shed on the cross was so effective it paid the price for every man, woman, and child and all their sins. This passage says that if Adolf Hitler in the last few moments of his life had repented and given his life to Christ you would meet him in heaven. We might find that hard But that is how effective the blood of Christ is. And we need to grasp that and start forgiving other people. You know, the Bible says those you forgive are forgiven. Some of us occasionally need to start forgiving our spouse, don't we? Some of us, we need to forgive our parents. Some of us need to forgive our children. What we forgive is forgiven. What we don't forgive is not forgiven. What a power that puts in your hands. Repent. Tell God you're sorry. Embarrassing if you have to do it in front of people, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes God says he wants you to do things publicly. Most of the time, it's something you and he deal with. Please do that before you go home today. If it's a while since you last said sorry to God, then bring it up to date. For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. In the next, chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, this is them getting their priorities sorted out in the, the fellowship that was started. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You know, we are walking in the footsteps of the apostles. We are the representatives of Jesus Christ, the ambassadors, if you like, to this community. We are to do the same things that Jesus did. In actual fact, He goes further than that. He says, You will do even greater things. I haven't met many Christians who've done greater things than Jesus. Mm. But some have. Some of it due to modern technology. They can communicate with more people at the same time than Jesus ever did. That's a bit of a miracle, isn't it? Mm. From Acts chapter 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. You know the story? The beggar there? Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Wow, I hope he's got deep pockets, the bloke thought. Mm. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. I bet he did. Hope just rose right up, way up here. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I don't have. I don't have any dollars in my pocket. My pockets are empty. But what I do have, I give you. He doesn't worry about getting permission. He gives. You have the most precious gift you can ever give to anyone else. We wrap it up in lots of different things. It's a gift of love. It's a gift of Forgiveness, it's a gift of compassion. It's a gift of hope. It's a gift of life. It's forgiveness. It's Jesus. He says, what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Now that's a brief prayer, isn't it? For healing. Walk. Can't get much shorter than that. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He wasn't just able to walk. It says he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went up with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. We used to have a song about that, didn't we? Walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. One of the gifts that God gives to the church is the gift of healing. In fact, it's a plural, it's the gifts of healing because we all need healing in many different areas. And we are meant to be the source of that gift. We have got the gift, we're meant to give it away. By faith, In the name of Jesus, the man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can see. That's an explanation of what had happened. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he has foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Okay. I think we're probably repeating the same thing basically there. The stone you builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else for is there no other name under heaven given by man to mankind by which we must be saved. Hang on to that. No other name. Only Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's a way in which that makes you the most powerful people, along with some others in Waipukarao. Yes, you. You have that amazing gift that you can give to people, to other people. And you can start with your own family. That's a good place to start. Hmm. But don't stop there. Reach out. Share with them the love of Christ. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. If you were to paraphrase it, the people of Waipukarau were amazed at the courage of you and you and you, the people here. Realised that you hadn't been to a theological college, you hadn't been trained, You're local people, you went to the local primary school and then to the college. But, yeah, you're farmers and housewives and grandparents and, yeah, all those sorts of things. Some of you might sell cars and others, lawnmowers. And some may work in the supermarket. People of the town notice what you do on a Sunday morning and where your car's parked. And they will know that you have been with Jesus. They will take note. But since they could not see, they could see the man who had been healed standing with them, they was, there was nothing they could say. If you have raised someone from the dead, if you have prayed for someone to be healed and their cancer's gone, or their ingrown toenail that's been there for the last 22 years is now fixed, you know, there are lots of things we can pray for. Maybe it's just courage or a mind that works, almost finished. remember, in the early church, they locked up some of the apostles, didn't they? And they were released miraculously from prison. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. They got up the nose of the church authorities in those days and annoyed them. And it still happens today. Yeah. There's a way in which that's our job. Stir them up. Don't be surprised. That's what happens when you do God's work. They were locked up. They got released. They went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together. And we can see that. Plenty of evidence at the moment all over the world. The moral compass has changed directions, reversed. And what is evil is now cited as being desirable and great. Mm. And it's a sad and terrifying thing. They have banded together and they're moving against the Lord, against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in their city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand. Okay, God sent his son to die in our place. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants, this is a challenge to us, isn't it, to speak your word with great boldness, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I believe we need that. Well, I'm going to carry on. Oh. My final one: Oh, that we might hear the voice of God like a little child that we might get our priorities to align with God's, that we would expect God to do what he did long ago, that when we pray, this building would be shaken by the wind of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, you call us first to repent because you know that while we have sins in our lives that we hang on to or sins that hang on to us, we are unable to receive the full blessing that you want to give us. There are consequences for our misbehavior, for our sin. Consequences that exist because we have not opened our hearts and minds to all that you have done for us in shedding your blood on the cross. Help us, Lord, to repent. Help us to acknowledge our sin and to be open to your spirit performing a fresh miracle in us for your spirit to blast through this building and through us empowering us to be like Christ in reaching out to this community and the world beyond to his glory. Amen.